Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Tuesday morning. Plenty of stuff to get to throughout the course of the show tonight. Um, obviously last night was all Eagles and it will be predominantly Eagles tonight. We'll get into a, uh, we'll, we'll get into, um, the Sixers and Phillies perhaps a little bit, a little later on, let you know where the Phillies GM search stands. Um, they hired a pitching coach that people are excited about. Apparently I'll get Mike's take on that. I'm not really familiar with this guy. I I mean, I don't really think we'll, we'll see. I, I, I guess, they got a good pitching coach. Hopefully he'll make an impact. But I heard a lot about Brian Price and how great he was going to be last year, and he was awful. So um, we, we'll, we'll get to that a little later on. Uh, Sixers with their offseason so far. A shocking signing on Friday night, which I, I really do want to get Mike's take on that um, a little later on. Uh, traded Zaire Smith, um, which went under the radar this weekend. So we'll get to them later on, potentially, um, and some of the things going on with the Sixers. Uh, we have Chris Long sound for you, which uh, is pretty interesting. Chris Long, uh, on his Green Light podcast, uh, got to a number of issues dealing with the Eagles and Carson Wentz, um, and how Jeffrey Lurie kind of has an impact on what's going on right now, which I found very interesting. Chris Long, obviously a guy with a unique perspective uh, coming from a, a player who used to play on the team, was around a lot of guys on this team, was around Doug Peterson, around Carson Wentz. Uh, so Chris Long, some interesting thoughts. And also, we will have a segment later on, um, a football guy segment. This was a heck of a weekend for football guys. There were a, a lot of football guy things that happened. Um, this weekend in both college and professional football. Uh, so we'll get to that later on as well. So so a lot of things to touch on. Um, but we will obviously start with the Eagles and the conversation that has been dominating the airwaves ever since the game in Cleveland ended on Sunday afternoon. And that is what 
is to be done, both in the short term and the long term, with this quarterback? And what is to be done to, in any way, fix this team? Now, I think we all kind of know that there is no fixing the Philadelphia Eagles right now. They are, are well beyond you know, getting these things fixed in the final six games of the season, especially with the schedule coming up. It is extremely unforgiving. The Eagles have squandered countless opportunities this year to beat teams they should beat, including Cleveland on Sunday. Cleveland obviously has a good record, but um, that was a very winnable game for the Eagles, especially with Miles Garrett out, and they were obviously not able uh, to get it done. And because of that, they sit in a spot where a division that seemed weeks ago a foregone conclusion that they'd win it is now um, gotten to the point where I don't think they are going to win it. I think there's a legitimate chance the Eagles finish last in this division. That's how bad it's become with this team when you look at the schedule. So I don't think there's any real fixing this offense, fixing this team, fixing this quarterback this year. But as far as what you can do Uh, to make it look better in the short term, and we'll get to that. But I want to start with more of a discussion as far as what the Eagles do long-term, because that's really what's important right now. Because let's face it, it doesn't really matter whether they win the NFC East or not. I'm well beyond caring about that. And I'm not normally a person that looks at things that way. Um, I always think you get in the playoffs and, and... if you can get in and give yourself an opportunity, regardless of what the year's been like, as long as you're playing well at the right time, you give yourself a chance, and that's what I'm always focused on until you're mathematically eliminated. I don't look at it that way this year. I honestly don't care if they make the playoffs, and I'll concede that it's probably better off at this point for them to miss and lose all their games and get a higher draft pick. Um, whether I can root for that to happen, it's very hard for me as a fan to root for that to happen every week. But I will concede it's probably best for the organization long term. Uh, it, it probably is. And when that's the case, you're a bad football team. And this is a bad football team. But when you look at things in the long term, the longer this season progresses, the more it becomes increasingly clear that the Eagles are coming to a crossroads at the end of this season. As we near the end of year three post-Super Bowl, year three post-Frank Reich and John Filippo, it is evident that the Carson Wentz-Doug Peterson dynamic just doesn't work. You know, for whatever reason that is, this combination of the two of them, this duo does not produce results on the football field week to week. It just doesn't. As the last three years have gone down, each year, this offense, as a whole, and the play of Carson Wentz, have regressed significantly each and every year. It has been a steady and precipitous decline with the lone exception, and literally, the lone exception being last December, and, you know, that was against the worst competition in the NFL. But 
it, it really is incredible that from the moment Carson Wentz came back in 2018, and if you remember, the first drive in 2018 that he played week three against the Colts, Carson Wentz stepped in and he looked exactly like the same guy he was in 2017. Went right down the field playing against, um, ironically, Frank Reich's Indianapolis Colts. Carson Wentz started that game, took the Eagles down the field on the first drive, took them in for a touchdown, and we thought, okay, Carson Wentz is back. And ever since that point, he has gone downhill. You know, there was that Carolina game that year, and the New Orleans game, and yeah, they won a couple games, but Carson Wentz never looked right in 2018. 2019, very much of the same. Comes out, is up and down, doesn't play very well, is awful in the New England game is awful in the Seattle game during the regular season where he turned the ball over four or five times. And then there was that little blip in December where the Eagles were playing the NFC East, and that kind of covered up for a lot of issues and made us view things a lot differently than we would have viewed it if that month of steady play didn't happen. And then all of that has kind of continued into this year, and this year it's gotten to a point that is just completely unsustainable. And unsustainable in the long term when you look at these two guys together. And this partnership between Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz has deteriorated to a point where it clearly and obviously cannot continue. And come the end of the season, the Eagles are going to have a massive decision to make in regards to their future. And that decision, in the end, is pretty simple. Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz. That, that's where we are at this point. That the Eagles, come the end of the season, will need to choose between the two. Because both can't be back. And that's the, the case no matter what happens above them. You know, regardless of what happens with Howie Roseman, whether it's Howie's decision, or be it the decision of the next general manager, whoever that might be, if Jeffrey Lurie makes that change as well, their first order of business, their first major decision, or Howie's latest major decision, will be whether we go with Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz long-term, but they both can't be back. Because obviously, without Frank Reich and without John Filippo, these two don't work well together. And the Eagles have tried to change the pieces around them. They got rid of Mike Groh. They brought in several assistants, including Marty Mornenweg and, and Rick Scangarello. And that obviously has not only not worked, it seems to have made things worse. So that can only lead us to the obvious conclusion that Doug and Carson need to be broken up. And, you know, when you look at this, you got to look at it and exclude all external factors. Forget the contract of Carson Wentz. Forget the cap hit that it would cost you to get rid of him next year. Because honestly, this decision is too important to make 
based off of what one year of eating significant money is going to cost you. You can't make a decision for the next 10 years based on what it's going to cost you next season. You can't do that. And if everything else is equal, if you are on the spot and you need to choose at the end of the season, who do you want to move forward with? Who do you think will have more long-term success if they remain in Philadelphia without the other? Who are you choosing? Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz? And if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Because I'm telling you, this is exactly where it's headed. I, I will guarantee, and it doesn't matter what happens the rest of the season. I mean, the Eagles could win out. They're not going to win out, obviously. But they could make the playoffs. They could get to six, seven wins. It doesn't matter. They both will not be back. Either Doug will be fired or Carson will be let go. But there is no way both of these uh, guys are back with the Philadelphia Eagles next year. And the reason I say forget the contract, forget all these other factors, do I understand their factors? Of course. But this is too big a decision to base off we got to pay Carson next year so he's got to be the guy. No, if, if, if you're Jeffrey Lurie or you're Howie or you're the next GM and you know deep down that it's not Doug's fault and you know deep down that Carson is the problem, then you got to get rid of Carson. And if that costs you next season, it costs you next season. And next season will be a developmental year for Jalen Hurts and a developmental year for the football team and you're building for, you know, uh, 2022 and beyond. And if that would be the case and you'd have to take a, what, a $25 million cap hit, whatever it is, then unfortunately you're going to have to bite your lip and you're going to have to do that. But if you believe that Carson is the problem and Doug is the solution, then you got to bring back Doug and you got to get rid of Carson. I'm not saying that's necessarily the answer. I'm not 100% sure what is the answer. I'm not 100% sure, you know, that Carson is the only issue. But there is certainly a disconnect between the two, and that's obvious to anybody who watches the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is all coming to a head at the end of the season where this organization is going to have to make the most important choice an organization can make when it's not working with the head coach and the quarterback. And that is choosing which one do you trust more. If you believe Carson's the problem, you got to move on. If you believe Doug's the problem, then you got to hire a coach who you believe can come in here and salvage Carson Wentz's career. Because right now, his career is in the toilet. And I don't know if he can be salvaged. I don't know if he can be fixed. But if he can be, you can't afford to let this go on another year with him and Doug. Because whatever, you know, and I think Doug's a decent coach. Doug has obviously not gotten the most out of Carson Wentz. And you can't allow your big money starting quarterback in his prime to regress and continue to regress at this kind of rapid pace. So that's where I want to start tonight. Who 
do you choose? And if you're picking Carson, don't bring up the contract. Don't bring up any of that stuff. Because this decision is too important long-term to take those factors into consideration. If it means sacrificing next year, it means sacrificing next year. But who do you choose? I don't think it's any surprise to anybody who's been listening to me recently that I would choose Doug Peterson. And I'm not I'm not very happy with Doug right now either. And I'll get to Doug's comments a little later on from Monday um, because I thought Doug did a terrible job on his call with Angelo. And I thought he did an even worse job in his Zoom media conference on Monday afternoon. So I am not happy with Doug Peterson right now. The difference is I still believe at least somewhat that Doug Peterson could make this thing work with another quarterback. Whether that be Jalen Hurts, whether that be somebody else. Partially because I've seen Doug do it. But I believe Doug Peterson can make this thing work with another quarterback. I am much less convinced that Carson Wentz could get back to being an adequate quarterback with another coach. Because good quarterbacks... Yeah, they're maximized by good coaching, but they don't regress to this level regardless of, of, of the coaching they have. Like, Aaron Rodgers a great player. Aaron Rodgers was coached horribly by uh, Mike McCarthy. By the way, we got a great McCarthy story later on. But um, Aaron Rodgers coached horribly by Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy didn't maximize Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still a hell of a player. You know, you look in... I mean, just one example I'm thinking of. Go back to San Francisco in 2012-2013. You know, uh, Jim Harbaugh obviously is showing now he's not a very good coach. A guy like Colin Kaepernick still was able to succeed in spite of that. Many quarterbacks who are good quarterbacks can succeed in despite getting poor coaching and can at least be adequate despite getting poor coaching. Quarterbacks just don't fall off the face of the earth because of a few play calls or because of a few things around them that, by the way, are are made a lot worse, made out to be a lot worse than they actually are. But I don't think Carson Wentz will ever be a top-level quarterback again. I don't. And that's really the question when it comes to to Carson Wentz because if you don't have a top-level quarterback, I'm sorry, I'm not going to settle for an average quarterback. I'm not going to settle for an average guy. That's not ultimately going to win you anything in this league. I mean, look for years what Andy Reid had in Kansas City with Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a perfectly fine average quarterback in the NFL. When he was at the heights of his powers, when he was at his best, he was what? We're probably right around the 15th to 20th best quarterback in the league, right in that range. And Andy Reid realized I'm not going to ever win anything significant with this guy. So he went out and got a quarterback who he felt could be a star. And if you don't think Carson Wentz can be a star anymore, you got to move on. It's not about getting him back to a competent level. That's what this year's about. This year's about getting him back to a competent level. 
But long term, it's got to be about making him a top 10 quarterback. Because if you don't believe he can be a top 10 quarterback, regardless of what coach he has, then what are we doing here? There's no point to sticking with him. you got to look for the next guy, whether that's Jalen Hurts, whether that's somebody in this draft or a draft down the line or uh, somebody you could get via trade, even though guys, quarterbacks at that level, you very rarely are able to acquire via trade. So if I had to choose, I would choose Doug Peterson. Because in my mind, there's a much stronger chance Doug can get Tremendous results with a different quarterback than Carson Wentz. Uh, There's a much better chance of that happening than there's a chance of Carson Wentz rebounding to a top 10 quarterback level with a different coach. Uh, So I want you to choose tonight. Uh, And I'll I'll take down the the tallies. We'll do a little uh, election here. I guess, of who would you prefer? Who would you choose long-term, Doug Peterson or Carson Wentz? Because that's the decision Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles organization will have to make at the end of the season, whenever that happens, uh, probably about six weeks from now. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, Doug or Carson, who are you choosing long-term? That is how we are starting the show this morning. If you do want to get in, Philly Sixers, what you've liked from the Sixers so far this offseason, um, you're welcome to chime in on that. I wouldn't mind talking to some Sixers tonight. Um, so we will get to that as well. Uh, I have social media gripe coming up around 2.45. Uh, so we'll do that. Plenty of stuff to talk about uh, this morning on the show. 215-592-9494 is how you get in. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham on a uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 to open the show, open lines right now to begin. Uh, But uh, starting the show talking about the Eagles and the long-term decision that is going to be upon them in a few weeks here. Because it's just clear that the Carson Wentz-Doug Peterson dynamic cannot continue. That there is no way that these two guys can be back next year working together. We've seen uh, too much at this point. We've seen enough to know that this is just, for whatever reason a dynamic without the exact right assistance around them that were around them in 2017, 2016, even 2016, because um, Carson Wentz's rookie year, he had a similar supporting cast, and he didn't play this poorly. The offense looked a lot better. And remember, we were pretty optimistic about the future of that team at the time and, and Carson Wentz at the time. And for whatever reason... Without those guys in place, without that staff in place, things have deteriorated with both Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. And, you know, the other option is get rid of both of them. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think this is a spot where you're going to have to choose between the two. And I want to know, who would you feel more comfortable moving forward with in the long term? 
Do you have more faith that Doug Peterson can get this team and this offense back to functioning at a high level with Jalen Hurts or another quarterback? Or do you have more faith that a new coach can come in and get Carson Wentz back to playing at a top 10 level? Because as I said in the first segment, if you're just confident that maybe Carson Wentz can get back to being an average-ish quarterback, then that's not worth salvaging anyway, not for what you're going to be paying him. If you're paying this guy long-term, you need to have a clear feeling that he is going to be able to be a difference maker for you, that he's going to be able to be a top-flight, top-level quarterback in this league. If you don't believe that, it's time to move on. And pretty simply, um, it's going to be a choice uh, that Jeffrey Lurie and this organization are going to have to make uh, long-term in order to try to get things back on track here because they are are as bad as I can remember right now. This is worse than it was last year, Chip. It was. Uh, the, the, the team looks worse. The offense looks worse. Uh, the quarterback looks worse. Uh, I, I said it yesterday, and it pains me to say this greatly. If you, I mean, I, I said this was my start back on the air, essentially. Back in, like, 2015 was when I was working at Delaware Park with Glenn and Ray, and Glenn would put me on to do my Sam Bradford rants. Sam Bradford's playing be- played better in 2015 than Carson Wentz is playing this year. It's true. And I hate to admit that, but um, it- it's just a fact. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. And uh, the season that Carson is having really is epically bad. And, you know, I know people think I pick on Carson Wentz, um, but there is reason. I mean, his play is that hideous. And uh, Ruben Frank wrote an article on NBC Sports Philadelphia on Monday. Um, And it was 10 Carson Wentz statistics that will make you sick. And throughout the course of the show, each segment, I'll mention a different statistic from Rube because they're, they're, they're pretty bad. Um, and I, I, I have, uh, all the stats in front of me here and I'll mention one, uh, this segment, Carson Wentz's 14 interceptions are the most by an Eagles quarterback through 10 games since Ron Jaworski had 17 in 1977 jaws. I thought jaws was like, somebody said last week, jaws, the best quarterback in Eagles history. Uh, it doesn't seem like it. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't remember watching jaws play i i remember jaws from the edge nfl matchup show which that man that was a great show i don't know why they got rid of that um but it's the most interceptions through 10 games since jaws had 17 back in 1977 the only other eagles quarterback with more interceptions through 10 games than carson wentz has so far this year in the last 60 years norm sneed who had 17 in 1968 and 16 in 1969 Man, Norm was able to do it in back-to-back years. That's not good. But, Mike, didn't... Somebody said that, right? They said Jaws was the best quarterback in Eagles history. He had 17 picks in 10 games in 1977. Who said that, by the way? Do you remember? Was, was it that guy... Um, it wasn't Walt, right? No, you by thought way, it was we, Walt. It was Paul. 
Right. His name was Paul because then he called him like he called him like a drunk or something. He called McNabb a drunk. Yeah, he called McNabb. Remember, he had like a, drunk. a great punctuation to his call. Yeah. So Jaws is the best quarterback. Jaws had 17 picks through 10 games in 1977. But Jaws is the best quarterback in Eagles history. Okay, Paul. By the way, we ain't never got an update on Walt, did we? Is Walt okay? Do we know that Walt's okay? We don't need an update. He told us he's never calling you again. Right. That's the update. He was worried about an assassination attempt. Well, that I was, mean, I'm worried that, that was, he's got assassinated. He only had to worry about that if he spilled too much. He, he kept his lips tight. Right, he did. He yeah. did, so that that's true. But, Mike, I'll ask this question to you. All right. Uh, Doug or Carson long-term, which one would you choose? And don't, as I said, it's too big of a decision to take the money into, into account here. Do you have more faith that Doug could get this team back to running at a high level with Jalen Hurts or a different quarterback, or that Carson could get back to a high level with a new coach? Which one would you choose if you had to? That I've the one I have higher confidence in, or the yes. one to move on from the one, the one. <laughs> yeah, I guess I framed that. Yeah, one. I wasn't sure which uh, one. Which one would you have more confidence in long term? Oh, Peterson. Like coaches don't age like nearly as fast as players do. That's not, you know, it's not breaking news. But obviously, you know, Peterson's going to be around as a, as a coach longer than Wentz will. I mean, Wentz's days as being a good quarterback could very well be over. Right. I'll I'll make you the first vote of the night. So one vote for Doug. Uh, Doug or Carson, uh, the decision at the end of the year, because it's either going to go one of these two ways. It's going to be Carson with a new coach or Doug with a new quarterback, whether it's Jalen Hurts or somebody else. And I heard at the very end of Jody's show, Stephen Egg Harbor, I actually thought Steve uh, gave the best comp for Wentz that I've heard so far, which is RG3. It's honestly a pretty good comparison where you look at both their careers and Carson sustains his first major injury in his second year. RG3's was at the very end of his first year. But Carson Wentz's season in 2017, I think results-wise, was very similar to RG3's season in 2012. People forget how good RG3 was that year. Like, and he kind of they became forget, a... They know. Uh, well, I don't know. Some people, he became a punchline very quickly. Um, so if you weren't paying close attention, maybe it was overshadowed. But remember after 2012, like I thought RG3 was going to have a better career than than Andrew Luck at that point. Um, he was maybe, great Yeah, I mean, they were great that year. Yeah, he. I think he won the Rookie of the Year right. that year. Um, so I thought that was a, a pretty interesting comparison and shows you how... You know, an injury can just mean a guy's not the same. And, and maybe that's, maybe Carson Wentz is just never going to be good again. Same with Culpepper. Yeah. Culpepper wasn't at that level, though. Wasn't he, like, he was in the a- NFC title game as a rookie, I think. Right. But I don't, was he like an MVP co- conversation type guy? I, I, I don't, he feel may have like one year. I don't level. think he was consistently, like consistently. I but, mean, after he hurt his knee, he was done. Right. Well, I guess, but RG3, I think, was a pretty good one for, for Wentz. But um, uh, that's the question I have, because it's a question the Eagles are going to need to make at the end of the It's the decision the Eagles are going to need to make at the end of the year. Doug with a different quarterback or Carson with a different coach, which one would you choose? 215-592-9494. Let's get started on the phones with Lou in Sacramento. What's up, Lou? Um, just very frustrated, like the rest of the city. Um, it's just been uh, off the rails completely. I, I just don't see them getting rid of either. But if I had to choose, 
Um, I'm going to get rid of Wentz. And the problem is now um, I'm thinking about looking at the salary cap the next couple of years. They're behind the eight ball. I mean, they're not going to be good next year either. <laughs> so if I'm, if I could, if I'm Laurie, um, which he won't do, um, get rid of Roseman because he clearly doesn't know what he's doing. He, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, taking a second-round pick in Jalen Hurts. I mean, I would start trading assets, and it hurts and pains me to say it. You're going to have to trade guys like Fletcher Cox and Zach Ertz, and that sucks. We're in a crappy situation right now. Yeah, I mean, Lou, that that is one way to do it. I mean, I think Ertz is – I thought Ertz was going to get traded for a while. I'm not sure what kind of value you're going to get back for him. And I'll tell you what, even a guy like Fletcher Cox, I think it's difficult to trade a guy like that because of, of his contract. You know, I think it's going to be difficult to move him. Exactly, and that's the part that's where Roseman should be first to go, which Roseman needs to give up whatever he does with the cap and his computer and analysis, fine, but he doesn't know how to find talent. Doug needs to give up play calling because he clearly doesn't know how to call plays. And Carson, I don't know how he's going to fix what what's wrong with him, but maybe he needs to take a look in the mirror and start understanding that a quarterback isn't uh, as good as his arm strength and his um, elusiveness and his toughness, which he's elite at all three of those. But he's poor in the things that make the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees's and the Peyton Manning decision-making, reading defenses, trusting your receivers, timing with your receivers, footwork, pocket presence, all those things he's not working on or someone's not drawing into his head that he needs to work on it. Yeah. So, no, Lou, you're uh, right. Yeah. No, no, you can continue, Lou. Sorry. Oh uh, no, sorry. I'm okay. just venting, and it's just no, you know, no. But I, I, I think it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. It is, and you made a good point because I'm just watching that Monday night football game, and you know, the, the both defensive lines are getting a decent amount of pressure. Like th- those offensive lines weren't doing a great job Monday night, but you see Brady and Goff, and Goff is obviously somebody we compare Carson with. They're getting the ball out quickly, and that's been a big issue with Carson where people will rip the offensive line, but I, I think a lot of it's on him just, just holding the ball way too long. I think so. you're right. He's holding the ball too long. He, he doesn't, he's not trusting his receivers. He's not trusting what he's seeing, and that's a bad position. In. But, again, I go back to it. I, you look at Roseman. Where are you spending your money on? You're spending your money most on the quarterback and the defensive line, and they just haven't produced. And – Wentz is pretty much the worst player per dollar in the league right now. And that was all Roseman going up to get him and going to a small-time, you know, uh, North Dakota State guy that, you know, maybe could have been the number two pick, maybe not. That's his decision. Uh, Eventually, you know, it all comes back to him. Yeah. And when you're paying guys like Malik Jackson and the Hargrave and they're not producing, you're spending number one picks and – on Derek Barnett, you're spending second-round picks on Jalen Hurts, who doesn't even see the field. I just don't know what we're doing. And they're trying. And I, I see what he's trying to do is kind of instead of, you know, rebuild, he's trying to reload every single year. You can only do that so often. I mean, you you went for it in 2018 and 2019. Try to win a Super Bowl after you you won your first. I get that. It's time to tear it down. Yeah. No, I'm with you, Lou, and I appreciate the call and. Uh, yeah, the, the, those the moves by the front office have caught up with the Eagles, certainly. And, I mean, Howie has done a poor job constructing this team. 
Uh, I think that's pretty clear. And man, that the Javon Hargrave thing is very frustrating. Like I watch him, he looks really out of shape. Like when I, when I'm watching these games, uh, Javon Hargrave, he looks a little overweight. He looks like he's not in shape. He looks like he's huffing and puffing every play. I mean, when's when has this guy made one significant play this year? Just one. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually, it, it kind of entered my thoughts uh, that Rams game because I think he like kind of took his time coming back from an injury or something, and he something about him just it kind of entered my head like, is this guy just like out of shape? And I haven't been able to like shake it since. Right, that's and, all I say. Well, I kind of noticed it. I kind of noticed it on Sunday, like. And not to be a little rude here, but he looked, He, I'm like, wow, he looks pretty fat. And I guess that is kind of rude. I guess there's no way to say that not rudely. But he's like huffing and puffing, and, and he's not making any plays. And it's like, this is the guy you're paying $13 million I, for nothing. Like, they've literally gotten nothing from Javon Hargrave. They've gotten nothing from Derek Barnett, who is a first-round pick in his fourth year. You hate Barnett. I can't, I do. He's terrible. He's not oh, terrible. He's, he's, he jumps he's, off sides all the time. Average. Hey, he has more penalties. He's got he's got him more penalties than sacks in his career. Got him. Has to. I'd be stunned if he didn't. I don't I don't know if there's a way to check that. Um, if you can, uh, you know, go for it. I'll check. I I mean, he. How many personal foul penalties has he had in his career? Probably like five. It seems like more. Well, I'll tell you what. The personal foul penalty he had last year in the playoff game was a killer. Absolute killer. I believe the Eagles were about to get off the field on a third and goal, and it was a personal foul that ended up setting up uh, Seattle, one of their only touchdowns of that game. So he's had six career personal fouls, uh, four unnecessary roughnesses, and two roughing the passers. So that's so – that's, uh, we'll I was d- close. I said five. He has six. Can we get to the offsides? Um, How many offsides penalties? We know that. Oh, we'll figure two, it out. We'll, three, fi- we'll figure four, it out. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. Oh my goodness! He is all right. So in his career, you want to guess how many penalties he has? Yes, seventeen. Seventeen penalties. How many sacks? There's no way he has seventeen sacks. Eighteen and a half. Wow. Wrong great. again, Kelly. Great, great, great production. You're getting out of your first round pick in his fourth year. He's plus one and a half on sacks to penalties. I just love when you go way too far with your hyperbole. It wasn't way too far. It was almost you right. went too far. You said he had more okay. of the other. It was almost right, Mike. Uh, I think I'll take that as a win, honestly. Uh, 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. But yeah, how he deserves... Um, Deserves a lot of, of criticism as well. I'm not letting Howie off the hook. I think there's a decent chance Howie will be gone, and I think uh, Howie probably should be gone. Uh, but the one thing that I know, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's no way Doug and Carson are back. Howie is much more of a fluid situation because of his relationship with Lori. Not that that should buy him anything, but it will. Um, but Doug or Carson, there's no way they're both back. Which one do you feel more comfortable about? So far, we have two votes for Doug um, and none for Carson Wentz. You know, do you believe Carson with an, another coach, you know, a McVay, Kyle Shanahan type, obviously you're not getting either of those guys, but an up-and-comer type like an Eric Bieniemy? do you think an Eric Bieniemy could come in here and turn Carson Wentz around? Or do you think Doug with Jalen Hurts or another quarterback could get the most out of him? Um, I would agree with uh, Lou and Mike so far and say that I'd be more comfortable with Doug. 215 592 
215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, when we get back, we'll have a social media uh, gripe for you. And also, I saw this coming on, a, a, a passing of somebody on Monday, and it reminded me of a uh, of a Seinfeld episode. We haven't played a Seinfeld clip in a while, so we'll play you a little, little Seinfeld clip when we get back as we reminisce to the uh, early days of the pandemic when it was a sad time, um, even though things somehow are worse now. Uh, but um, that was a rough time as far as talking sports, but a happy time because we had our Seinfeld side character tournament uh, and curb side character tournament as well. So uh, we'll play this Seinfeld clip for you and honor um, this man when we get back. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, yeah, that was that was that non-fat yogurt episode. That was Rudy Giuliani. Uh, man, that guy not not a good not a good couple weeks for uh, for Rudy, huh? <laughs> Starting with that that Borat movie coming out, and now you know the whole Four Seasons debacle. Uh, the, the, and hair then the hair dye. <laughs> I think Rudy might just want to step over, just stay inside for a little while. Doesn't seem like when he comes out, you know, good things happen. Yeah, now it uh, seems like the White House is wondering if he's making them look bad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, this whole this whole thing's just a mess. Um, I don't know. Now, now there's a concession, but non-concession. I don't know. I'm wondering, <laughs> I don't really want to get into all that. But yeah, Rudy. I'll just say, if Rudy Giuliani is heading your legal team right now, probably not going great. Um, but we'll just leave it at that. Um, and. The, uh, the the thing that I, I saw in regards to that episode, we're talking about, um, you know, a Seinfeld clip and, uh, and you know, um, the, the, who passed away. It was David Dinkins, who was New York City's first black mayor. He, he um, died at the age of 93. And I saw the story and I'm like, oh, that's sad. And then I remember Dinkins. I'm like, Dinkins, New York? That rings a bell. And... Uh, now, exactly what was the storyline, Mike, of this Dinkins uh, episode of Seinfeld? It was the non-fat yogurt episode. I knew that. Now, Lloyd was Lloyd Braun, the original Lloyd Braun, which that guy was a fraud. The the original Braun. The second Braun was way better. Yeah, it's before he got into the computer sales. Right, right. Uh, the second Lloyd Braun was way better. He's the real Lloyd Braun. But he was an assistant to Dinkins, correct? And Elaine was was impressed by that? Yeah, that was part of it. Um, that's how George knows him too, because that's how that's how the, the the George dynamic started. I think because George was because uh, Mrs. Costanza was comparing George because Lloyd was was an assistant to Dinkins, right? And you know, in George's mother's eyes, he was a failure because right. there was no Lloyd Braun. Yeah, and he was He was a failure. All right. So the timeline of this is, um, as everyone knows, elections election days are on Tuesdays. Um, but Seinfeld was at this time was airing on Thursday nights. Um, November 2nd of 93 was when Giuliani this time beat Dickens, Dinkins, uh, after losing him the first time. And then, so that Tuesday he wins. And that Thursday aired the episode of the non-fat yogurt. Okay. Um, which obviously, as we just heard, the clip of Rudy, Ju- Rudy Giuliani makes it in. So, you know, obviously they write it ahead of time. The Seinfeld guys, they wrote the, the episode, um, with 
kind of leaving open the possibility that either one of them could win. So they they filmed a couple scenes different times. Because the Giuliani clip, I remember, it seemed like it was like in an odd spot. The episode was like edited. It yeah. seemed like it was edited in. Yeah, that yeah. makes more sense. So it was, it was it was the eleventh hour uh, change. Okay. Um. But yeah, like so. Here's an example. Like they they filmed certain scenes for both uh, candidates. Giuliani got him an appointment. You mentioned George's name to Giuliani. You discussed George with possibly the next mayor of New York. Mayor Dinkins got an appointment for him. You mentioned George's name to Mayor Dinkins. You discussed George with the mayor of New York. There you go. Yeah. So that happened. Um, but they could not get a commitment from from Mayor Dinkins himself oh, no. to appear in the episode. Okay. Only. They were rooting Giuliani fans because they got the commitment from him that he would do it if he won. Well, I mean, you could, Giuliani would go on TV anywhere. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Yeah, so, um, and obviously didn't air because uh, Giuliani won. In the case that, in the event that Dinkins had won, they had sent up uh, a scene with this actor, Philip Morris. Okay. Do you know who Philip Morris is? No. All right, Philip Morris would later go on. He got a, a different gig later with Seinfeld. With as Jackie Childs, oh Kramer's lawyer, Jackie Childs. Yeah, so um, you'll hear three voices in this this short clip: uh, Larry David, Jerry Seinfeld, or you know everyone knows who they are, and Phil Morris. Jackie Childs is the third one you'll hear with the story of like how cool this was. If Dinkins had one, we had a spokesman uh, do something for Dinkins, who came in and said on behalf of Dinkins, we got this guy Phil Morris, who we didn't know. Now taking city hall where Philip Trout, an aide to Mayor Dinkins, has a statement. Well, it's hard to understand because the mayor's been doing everything he normally does. He's been watching his diet very carefully. He exercises regularly. His only indulgence that I can see is that uh, he eats a lot of frozen yogurt, but it's non-fat. Unfortunately for me, fortunately for Rudy, he won the election, and I was out. I was out of the episode. But if Phil Morris or David Dinkins had won, we would have had to use the Phil Morris, and he never would have played Jackie Childs, which is one of our greatest characters. Well, that's an interesting backstory, and maybe, uh, I guess, a good thing that that Dinkins lost the election, because if he hadn't, we'd have been deprived of Jackie Childs. That's absolutely right. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't just recast him. I mean, I guess... Yeah, like... um, uh, Yeah, who else played multiple characters? Somebody else. No, I was thinking, in Sopranos, Vito is two different guys. Oh, is he? He's like like just some guy in a bakery one episode, and then he's actually like Vito later on. All right, well... Interesting. All yeah, right. I'm sure there's Seinfeld cases of that too, I feel like. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting that on such short notice, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. We just wasn't for Dinkins you. News. Just saw the Dinkins news a couple minutes ago. So, so um, RIP uh, Mayor Dinkins. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, I'll get to my social media gripe um, in a second here. First, let's talk to James and Limerick. What's up, James? So, uh just want to chime in on the whole debate. Uh, you mentioned how the enemy might want to come, but uh, Doug and the enemy were obviously with uh, Andy. Well, Doug, <clears throat> Doug's still with uh, Andy in Kansas City, so I don't know if the enemy would want to come, really come uh, filling in after his buddy. That'd be a little awkward situation. So I think you got to keep Doug and, and let Carson go. I mean, you can't. I, I'm shocked he's still playing. He's leading the league in interceptions at this point, and we have a guy who's proven himself in the football playoffs in Hurts, I, I think we should see what he can do at this point. Well, I'll say this, James. Like, even if you couldn't get the and I don't think the enemy would turn down a head coaching job because of that, personally, but do you think there's any coach who could get Carson back to playing at a top-ten level? 
I mean, I really don't. I mean, unless you want to give Frank Wright a coaching job, because when you look back at 2017, he was really calling the plays, if I remember correctly. and That was when he got the best production out of him. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, you're not obviously Frank Reich isn't coming back here to be the head coach. You're not you're not trading to get him here. I mean, I guess you could trade Wentz to Indianapolis. That's a possibility. But um, so you you again you also would move forward with Doug and another quarterback rather than try to get another coach in here for Carson. Yeah, hundred percent. I just think we need to give up on Carson at this point. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, James. Thanks for the call. And so far, I'm honestly somewhat surprised by the results that we've gotten so far of people saying they'd rather move forward with Doug and a different quarterback than Carson, a different coach, because I based off the, and, and it's hard to base things off social media. I'll say based off the reaction I've gotten from social media, you know, Carson Wentz doesn't do anything. That That's all I see on Twitter is it's everybody else's fault, but apparently people are seeing it. And it's what I see as well. Like, I don't think he's ever going to get back to a top 10 level. And that's, Kind of my whole point is if he's not going to get back to that level, then there's no point in continuing with him. I'm not going to keep Carson and get rid of Doug, who I still believe Doug Peterson is a good coach. I still believe he can be a good coach. We've seen it. We've seen it with different quarterbacks. We've seen him do the job. I believe Doug can get to back to that level if he gets competent quarterback. But I, I don't think this team would be that bad if they were getting competent quarterback play. Not to say they don't have issues, but there are, by my count, three games this season that the Eagles should have won had they had competent play from the quarterback position, which is the Washington game, Cincinnati game, Cleveland game. There you go. It's three right there. You win those games, you're 6-4, and four, and everything looks a lot different. 6-4 and four is not great, but in this division, it would put you firmly in the postseason. Um... So I still believe in Doug Peterson. I still believe that Doug Peterson, with a decent quarterback, can get this team back to a Super Bowl contending level. I believe in that more than I believe Carson Wentz will ever, in his career, get back to a top 10 quarterback level, regardless of the coach. So I would move forward with Doug, and that's the decision the Eagles are going to have to make, because I guarantee you, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz both will not be back next season. Guaranteed. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. I'll get to my social media gripe here in one second. First, though, um, I wanted to mention another one of these stats. As Ruben Frank wrote this piece on NBC Sports Philadelphia, 10 Carson Wentz stats that'll make you sick. Uh, which that's the name. That's not me editorializing here. That's the name of the piece that Rube wrote. Um, here's number two. Wentz already has had six games this year with two or more interceptions. No other NFL quarterback has more than three. Has more than three. That was not meant to be a question. Has more than three. In the last 30 years, only two quarterbacks have had more two interception games through 10 games. Peyton Manning had eight as a rookie in 98. Phillip Rivers had seven in 2011. Phillip Rivers, he knows the turnover machine. Peyton Manning was in his rookie year. Um, Six games this year with two or more interceptions. Carson Wentz, in his first four years of his career, had only three of those games. Three. 
that just to put in perspective um, how bad it's been that he had three multi-turnover um, multi games in 17, 18, and 19 combined. He already has six this year. So just another stat illustrating how rough a season it has been. And to end the segment, we usually do this to start the segment, but I'll end the segment with my social media gripe here. And uh, I, I have a couple social media gripes. First off, one thing that I, I, I don't know, this has bothered me recently, where if you'll see a pregame video of a player or a team or something like that, or somebody walking into a stadium in like a outfit that you think exudes confidence or something, when somebody will tweet, you know, uh, Patriots by a billion or something like that. When people will tweet, I don't know what Mike's pointing at me for here. Uh, are you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you want to get in on this? Yeah, I do. Like when, um, like when the Vikings uh, fans, like remember they took over the Rocky statue, right? And it was right. like birds by fifty. You'll see that every week where it's like Cam Newton is walking into Houston in like an outfit that people like. It's like embarrassing. Pat's, by a, by, Pat's oh. by a billion. It's like all right, we get the joke. It's I, I don't even get where the origins of that, but that's one that bothers me. And this other one is another Eagles fan gripe where lately I've been getting annoyed by Eagles fans on Twitter because some of them, you know, and it's mainly the the LTBB crew uh, that, sure. that is overly annoying on Twitter. But, like, and I saw it again on Monday night, and it just is factually completely inaccurate. Where I, Because I saw people saying this when the Bucks lost a couple weeks ago to the Saints, 38-3, to and I saw it again when Brady throws the pick at the end of the game on Monday night, where people will tweet out, the Eagles broke Tom Brady. He literally won a Super Bowl the next year. He won a Super Bowl the following season. So the Eagles obviously did not break Tom Brady. He uh, he threw for like 500 yards after almost cutting his hand off. Yeah. Like a week and a half later, or maybe two weeks later. But like I'll see Eagles fans tweeting that out like a lot whenever Brady makes a mistake. The Eagles broke Tom Brady. It's like... No, they they very clearly did not. Well, you know what's annoying Brady. too is, and I don't know if this happened tonight because I I was starting in here. Um, the, the scoreboard of whether Tom shook somebody's hand in, during COVID season or not, right? Who cares? Like, like I, well, yeah, I mean, like, all right, he's I think he's what he's one for three in shaking Nick Foles' hands. What like, did he not shake Goff's hand or? Something? I don't know, but I'm 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 saying excluding this because I don't know what the story was tonight. Actually, he probably did shake Goff's hand tonight because he he beat him before. he beat him in the Super Bowl. Right. So I guess today would be a green light handshake. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just that, that annoys me. Like get, let's get over the Tom Brady. Let's get over the Tom, Tom Brady, Brady dropped it. Right. And I, I, I we got to rip our boy Seltzer a little bit. That's yeah. the name of his fantasy football. Used dealer. to be. Now it's back to Dallas sucks. Oh, that, well, that's another, that's another generic Eagles fan thing. I, I love Seltzer though, but you know, he might on, as well man. just get a buddy lookalike to be his mascot. Right. I mean, Seltzer at least is a producer who has a sense of humor. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, and they're few and far between around here. I'll just leave it at that. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, and when we get back, uh, I want to uh, kind of make the case for, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot of long term with Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz and which way you would go here. But I also have... 
a question in the short term. As the short term conversation is, do you bench Carson Wentz? And in my mind, the answer is yes. But I kind of want to make the case here for why even the Carson Wentz defenders should support that decision. Uh, and we'll do that when we get back. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 